You're listening to Pre-Cana with the Pope, a podcast aimed at restoring confidence in marriage and family life. With a well-rested, super healthy Monica and Renzo here for another episode of Pre-Cana with the Pope. That's right. Holiday right. weekends are so rejuvenating when it I comes to feel family so well time rested. and kids. My joints are not sore. Like our bellies are so well full adjusted. of love. Like <laughs> not at all upset. The heart with all of the love. Junk food that we eat. Did you eat junk food? None. I didn't eat junk food. None. That ice cream was. Not eaten by either of us. I'm pretty sure the ice cream, so the vanilla you got, it like says like super yeah. hyperdrive creamy on it. That's exactly what it's Is called. That- <laughs> yeah. I, p- I picked the one that said hyperdrive. No, but do you know what I mean? Do you know what? Yes. Is it like, it's, is it's it more like extra creamy? <laughs> <laughs> is it more creamy than the other ones? I don't know. I got that for the ice cream cake. Well, I ate it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't great. Like ice cream tastes delicious. Um, but I don't know. I got to check. Like, is it more cream than regular ice cream? Like, is it more? Fa- I thought you said it's more fatty. It just looks super. It like it was a lot, yeah. but I wasn't sure. Oh, I, I thought, don't know if I you, you checked. I okay. mean, I would guess that would make something more creamy. You know what we didn't do? No. We didn't poll people. I didn't. Do that <laughs> well, we switched it up though. We changed. Which is even if, do you like this format? Is oh, this yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. We did like boundaries instead of going to part two. Yeah. Now we're on part two. Now we're on. Uh, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go back to our, as you can tell from the title, uh, back to the discussion of submission. Um, but instead of going to the Andy Stanley uh, video, which I guess we should eventually. The reason we switched it is because I picked something new and novel to get me excited <laughs> to, <laughs> for to have a good conversation. And I, I showed up and looked at the screen and was like, "Oh, so we're not talking about Andy Stanley tonight." Did you plan? Did you prep? I mean, I just no. So then was no. planning on hearing from him. <laughs> no, we're fine. It's great. Everything's great. Um, but so yeah, so we're gonna we're actually gonna react and respond and reflect. I don't want to say react because well, I guess we are reacting. React, respond, reflect. Um, we are gonna yeah, so we're gonna reflect on a same same topic on the sub- on submission to spouses or to husbands, and uh, but from Jordan Peterson and Tammy Peterson. Mm. Um, so I'm interested in, to see what you think about this one. What is Jordan? So Tammy is, sounds like she's joining Catholic church. She's in the RCA program. Usually that's what that means. Yeah. Okay. So she's at least yeah. discerning that. After and like she gets be, her, uh, becoming catechized. Her, her tattoo. That's right. That's her, what you need to join the Catholic you church. You do. You get it on your soul. <laughs> you get the und- indelible, indelible mark on your soul. Mark, on your soul. Yeah, I know what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Theologically. Kind of accurate. You're such a dork. Uh, uh, but what is is Jordan Peterson? He's not like Christian. It, I, he's it's, theist. Like he believes not, in well, like, I, uh, a higher. What you is don't he? Know. It's so so unrelated to the topic. But um, Tammy Peterson just I don't know who released this video, but her testimony on why she's becoming Catholic and her testimony on the Rosary, very powerful, very very cool to hear. Um. But then you also have Jordan Peterson uh, commenting on it too. And you could just tell like he just doesn't know what to do with himself. 
Yeah. Like he doesn't, because I, I think he's reluctant to fully embrace uh, Christianity and um, the, and Catholicism. I think he sees a lot of truth in it, but I don't think, and I've seen him in other interviews with like Jonathan Peugeot, just talking about how it, it's he such like, a, he's it's, like met with Bishop Aaron too and stuff. Yeah. But, but he's just, he's, I think he's on the fence because it just, it requires so much from his life. And I, I don't know what else he's struggling with, but um, I'd be, I'd be surprised if he didn't follow his wife mm. um, at some point because she seems very convicted. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to show. Uh, he might submit to his wife. No, he'd submit what? to the Lord on the promptings of his wife. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> you, you may follow her who is more wise than he is at the moment. Um, no, but I would, I would say I, I would, I'm going to link to the, that testimony video in the show notes so people can watch. Cool. Um, but for now, I think I, let's react to respond, respond. Reflect. No, we're not responding. Reflect. We're going to reflect on um, the, the, this is from a presentation that he gave with Tammy on the same subject of submission. Submission of a woman to a man in the context of a marriage socially repulsive. Uh, well, I think it's because it's, it's, first of all, distinguishing between submission and involuntary slavery isn't simple. And the word submission has connotations of involuntary slavery. And if you believe that involuntary slavery is wrong, then insofar as submission indicates that, it's also wrong. I also think that it's an inelegant way of conceptualizing the relationship. So I was writing about this today. Thoughts really quick. No, I, you took a very deep breath. I want to hear what you have to that's say. That's because I can't breathe out of my nose. Uh, no, I thought you were really healthy. <laughs> um, no, so well, two things. One, I, I like the attempt to distinguish between submission and slavery and involuntary slavery, and that's why the the way that Tammy worded the question of like why it's socially mm -hmm. um, not accepted. She said repulsive. I thought that was a... I didn't remember exactly what she I said. I thought that was a good... But I felt like that word was so good. Sorry for the question, because I do feel like there for some people, there is that like yeah. response. Like when you hear the word, you're just like, Ugh, and like, don't want to go any further. Yeah. And like, I felt like, ooh, that was the word that describes it. Yeah. How some people, when they hear it. So sorry, go ahead. I no, you don't have to apologize. And so I, I like that his attempt to kind of... What what is funny to me is that he can't just answer the question. He always ends up like going in a different direction, and some, and then eventually brings it back. Um, but it's just like now he's talking about something else that I'm sure is going to be related. But like he'll just start going mm -hmm. off in a different direction. Yeah. So I don't know. I just like that they're using good words though too, because he was saying that that word submission is an um, an eloquent word. Yeah. Too, and like just trying to. Get to the like emotion. Yeah. Of it. Well, and, and compared to like the the reaction we had to Father Mike's video, like this is not from a Christian perspective. Like mm -hmm. he's just answering it from um, the, social perspective. From a social really? perspective, and I think people, but people would argue that a lot of people who are rational and logical would would understand that a lot of Western society is built on a lot of Christian morality. Mm -hmm. So, like the idea of of um, wife submitting to their husbands is still kind of ingrained in culture to some extent. Mm -hmm. um, Again, with like the the idolization of the 1950s, 1940s, 
um, family. So, so I think that's why, so like his answer still can, I think can relate to the Christian life. Um, I mean, if Christian life is truth, then it should anyway. Right. So. Yes. True. Okay. Continue. So the, this is quite interesting. So in the second chapter of Genesis, Adam is characterized as, in part, as the spirit that conceptualizes and perceives categories. So he names the animals. He names the, 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 the distinguishable creations of God. He applies conceptual order to them. So God gives, or Adam gives the animals the names. And so that's the construction of an epistemology, let's say a, a conceptual representation of an underlying reality. That's Adam's domain. Now, as soon as that's announced in the story, another announcement takes place, and that is that Adam, who's characterized in this manner, lacks, he's, he's lacking a partner. So the... This is Jordan Peterson describing St. John Paul's theology body without realizing that's what he's doing. (laughs) Because that's exactly, that's um, the original uh, solitude Mm -hmm. of Adam that we've talked about in other episodes. Like that's exactly what he's describing that God gives Adam that the, the uh, domain over the animals and he has them name all of them. And then he realizes in that, that like, I'm not like them. So I wasn't made for them. Like, what was I made for? Mm -hmm. That's when he starts asking the question. I just, he must be so close. <laughs> he hope, must be so I hope close. So. A mere ability to impose order in that manner, let's say with verbal categorization, is insufficient. And as soon as it's announced as the domain of Adam, then his lack of a counterpart is in- instantly brought into the story. And the term for his desirable counterpart in the King James Version is help meet. And that's a, an, an English, an archaic English translation of a Hebrew word, like a phrase, which I can't remember at the moment. It's ezer, and then there's another word. But it means something like beneficial adversary. And ezer actually has the connotation of warrior as well, which I just discovered today. So in the Old Testament, for example, the military powers upon whom Israel calls to aid them in times of battle are described with the word Ezer. So he's right ish for this. Cause like we've, we've talked about this again, we've done our theology of the body talks or episodes. So the word Ezer is, is more of the the presence of God. Mm -hmm. So like I can see how he thinks of it as like a military esque because in the scripture that he's talking about, it's during the military fights that they're calling upon the presence of the Lord mm-hmm. to, to help, help them, them in battle. Yeah. So they're using that word. So I can see how he thinks that, but like, it's more about the, the, that's God's presence and power. Right. Yes. Right. God's, like, yes. Right. God's presence, God's power. So I could see where, like, again, I could see where warrior, where he was, where he's pulling in warrior, because again, like you said, the historical context is war and battle Mm -hmm. and then like they use this word um and and it's answered like that prayer is answered by the power of god yeah and that's the same word used that's used for eve yep 
as his helpmate. Mm. Anything more you want to say about helpmate in context of submission? Because I know he's going to get there eventually. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I think that using that word in and of itself without identifying where else that word was used in scripture also falls short of of it, but it, it is, it's like a, a helper. It's a, um, like, like the person that comes to fill the, the gaps, I guess is like what I see. Yeah. So I just pulled it up quickly on, on Bible hub, which mm-hmm. I, I don't, I actually, I think I pulled it out of the last episode where I talked about how much I like it, uh, to save time. Um, but yeah, so you see it in Exodus, um, of my father was my help and delivered talks about Ezer, uh, the God who, who is the shield of your help and the sword, same word Ezer is, is being used as of your help. Um, may he send you help from the sanctuary and the word help is Ezer, uh, for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. He is our help is the word Ezer. It's like that same word that's being used in the garden. And there's definitely like, like shield, was used a few times, yeah. right? That this is like some layer of like protection, mm. right? Like, yeah, I don't know. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And a lot, it's interesting. A lot of these are in, in Psalms. So like mm-hmm. they're, they're also a part of prayer. Yeah. Um, when asking God to be a help in a particular thing. So like, again, Peterson seeing it as battle because it, it historically, right. It could be correct as battle, but then also in the Psalms, you could take it as, Spiritual battle, it could be taken as just yeah. uh, emotional, phys- sociolo- I mean, psychological battles um, that David's going through, right? Or that he's lamenting on for Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and to think that the, the word he's using is the same word that's being used to, to describe Eve. Yeah. And then to, uh, that means to describe our relationship too. Yep. Um, I just, I again, this is like creating a deeper context for Ephesians five that I think is forgotten so much when we just look at just that right. phrase. Cause we had talked about in our, in part one of, yeah, like knowing who the Ephesians are, who the Ephesians were, how was St. Paul speaking to them? And, and that like they had this foundation. Mm-hmm. They knew what Ezra meant, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they knew, they knew Genesis, they knew their Torah. And then we're now like fully embracing Christianity as the fulfillment. I don't know if the Ephesians, I don't, I'm assuming they were, they would be Gentiles. Oh, okay. But even, but like the, the point that you're making is more that, that in Ephesians, he's writing to people who already know the gospel, who already know mm-hmm. things. But, but again, we also talked, I, th- I think I said that like, it could be just circulating. So it could have been just a homily that St. Paul gave that he would give to anybody. So uh-huh. like you could assume that for if he, if people who weren't Gentiles read it too. But right, so there's already a foundation. So like, and I like it's interesting how Peterson, again, he's not Christian, he's not Catholic, but like you ask him a question about Ephesians five, the first thing he does is go to Genesis, yeah, which is exactly what JP two does because in, in right. like this is how theology body starts. It ends with Ephesians five, right? But it begins with Genesis. It goes Genesis, Matthew, and then Ephesians, right? It begins with like what is man and woman? Yeah. What we what is a marital relationship? Yeah. And so. All right, let's keep going. See what he has to say. And so the application of the word Ezer to Adam's helpmeet is the attribution of something like the spirit of the warrior to the woman. 
And so, and then this idea of beneficial adversary, I, I was talking to Ben Shapiro about, about this issue, and he was the one who told me that the Hebrew from which the word help meet was derived means something closer to beneficial adversary. Yeah, I think what he in somewhere in that he was trying to talk about the involuntary versus voluntary participation and okay. using the idea of a game that like when you're forced to do something, it's that takes away from the point of a game. Like yeah. it's no longer fun or Yeah, yeah. Right. And cuz the idea uh, I was watching another uh, Christopher West episode or video on, on this. And he was saying how he was just reminding people about like the idea of, of in our marriage where we have to be free gifts to one another mm-hmm. and how that freedom is so important that we're freely giving ourselves to the other. Um, so in, in, in the context of, of marriage yeah. and in this submission con- like idea. So like for first Jordan Peterson's pointing out that you have as her, so that the wife is, is more than just, um, she's not supposed to be seen as, as a slave or, or someone that needs to be submitted that needs to be submitting to the husband, but, um, a lot deeper of, of, a, of a helpmate. Yeah. Um, and then talking, and then here talking about the freedom of like, it, you can't just impose rules. Yeah. That's, Seems that's like not, he's using the word voluntary instead of free. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, like I'm choosing, this right. is my choice to enter into this game, enter into this relationship and that I am, I'm going to be, available. Like mm. I'm going to be fully present. You might think, well, that's the point of the game. And, uh, but then you might think, well, if that's the point of the game, when you set up a game, like let's say you're playing chess, you want to find someone who's never played chess in their life and you just want to kick the hell out of them. And you might object, well, that wouldn't be any fun. And that's pretty interesting because if the point of the game is the victory, then why not set yourself up with an opponent that you can just stomp and then you win? And it also doesn't even require much effort. So, so much the better. But everyone knows that's not desirable. It's not any fun. It's not a good game. And so what do you need for the game to be good? And so then imagine instead that you're playing something like one-on-one basketball and you could pick your opponent, your optimal opponent. And you might think, well, who would my optimum, optimal opponent be? And we know the answer to that. We know what people will pick if you give them the, the opportunity and what they will generally pick. Oh, here's a, a side example. Parents side speak a side to example. their young children at a level that slightly exceeds their current level of comprehension. They do that without even knowing they're doing it. And they do that because they want the child to understand what's being communicated, but at the same time, that's crazy. So we do know we're doing it. We, yes. we, 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 we think about this and we talk to each other about this. I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah. Cool. No, sometimes we try to be like, all right, what's the next thing we're trying to get them to? Like, yep. What's the next milestone yep. or what's the next goal or challenge that we, we know they're not ready to succeed in, but like, yeah. Bring what, what can we do to bring them to the next? That's interesting. Okay. Aside from the aside. <sighs> time they want to facilitate the development of the child's ability to communicate so they when they communicate to their children they they push them to the edge of their capacity for comprehension uh the russian psychologist vygotsky called that the zone of proximal development it's the optimal zone of the acquisition of skill that's i believe where our notion of in the zone comes from and if you're playing a good game you're in the zone 
And to be, and that's where you're transforming optimally. You're developing more and more skills. So you have a shot at winning the particular game, but while you're attempting to win the particular game, you're expanding the domain of skill that makes you a skilled player in that game. And to do that, you need a beneficial adversary, and a beneficial adversary is someone who's matched against you at approximately or slightly exceeding your current level of skill. And that's what you want in a partner. That's what you want in a marital partner. That's great. That's cool. That's great. And I think so, and I'm, I'm trying to connect this to the question and I'm assuming he's, he's pushing on, on the idea that, that, and I don't, I don't know if this would be work like if men were articulate this way, but they would want somebody who just listens to them and does whatever they want. Mm-hmm. I don't think any man would articulate that. Just because they said so. Right. Just yeah. because they said so. Like, and, and like you would want, like you want a partner who makes you better mm-hmm. and Likewise, like you want to be a partner who makes your other, who makes your spouse better. Mm-hmm. And like, sometimes that can be challenging one another in ways of like how we communicate and how we say things to one another or, <clears throat> or how we follow through or don't follow through on certain things. But like, I know that you're somebody who makes me better because you challenge me on, and not just like that you like verbally like challenge, like a thing I said, but more of like, there's, there's, there's expectations that I have on myself that I wouldn't have had if it wasn't for you in my marriage mm. and like continuing to raise the bar yeah for one another and i feel like going back to the ephesians 5 like the the mutual submission but the next like wives be subordinate to your husbands like that you you do that because the bar has been raised to a level that like your leadership is one that is trustworthy, right? Like we're talking about like this optimal zone and like in those times of leadership where you are like exerting your, your husbandship of, you know, this is what you find best for our family, that that's when you are at that place of, I don't want to call it superiority, but that's the word that came to my mind, but like that you've been formed and you've practiced and you've trained and you've gotten to this point of confidence in in making a decision for our family that I, the wife, would just automatically quote unquote submit to because that's your that's your area of like expertise and that's your mm. that's your place of of um yeah that you've that you've continued to like raise the bar, the expectations and like have continued to like go and work towards. Yeah. And I like this the way he's coming to this conclusion because it's not, it's not a thing that I'm just coming in and imposing, but like mm-hmm. it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, not status. It's a, what's the word I'm looking for? But like, it's, it's a level that you've helped raise me to. Mm-hmm. Right. So then you're willingly well, entering was, yeah, this, was- like you're in freedom, you're entering this, but like you're also assisting in being my helpmate so that I'm in a, in a position like that you can trust, but also like you help me, help me get there. Right. We've worked towards this together. Right. Because we've been playing the game together. Right. Right. And that we've like voluntarily entered into together and have like challenged each other and pushed each other to this point of decision-making. Right. So it's not like, not like a, right. Again, to contrast it to the idea of like, I ascended to this and you therefore have to listen. Like that's not, that's not how the, and and I like again, how he went back to Genesis, very JP two of him. 
Like that's not how it was meant to be in the beginning. And it wasn't like that in the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, right. In eschatological man now that's JP two, but like now man now past, past the like redeemed man and now looking towards the future in, in heaven. Like it's not supposed to be a man. It's just like the husband's just up there because he's husband, but like the wife as the helpmate has helped mm-hmm. elevate him to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I, and I, it's, it's hard to like give tangible examples that can relate to everyone's lives. But like, I know in my life, like I wouldn't be the husband I am if it wasn't for you. Like, it's not like I can go off and go become the husband I need to be. And then come home and be like, look, I'm the husband. Like it's because of our like constantly playing one-on-one basketball and pushing each other. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a constant chess game. And it's not like we're against one another, but like we, it's, it's the, the friction that causes us to have to rise. Yeah. And it's again, it's that voluntary, not involuntary participation in the challenge, yeah. right? Like it's, I love, I love his analogy of a game instead of like a battle or, you know, cause like you could train for battle and you're trying, you're trying to beat the other, you know, army. And so you both are, you both elevate one another in, in that conflict, mm. but that's to defeat another versus like when we enter into a game, this is like there's supposed to be some level of like, again, he's using voluntary, but from freedom in that and like joy and recreation and like mm. that there's a, um, like there's a, like a, like a joyful willingness to it, that there's a, that there's a, a positive choice to this. Yeah. Instead of I resign myself to be here. But. Yeah. Well, it's funny cause we were, we were, we just had um, some college students over and one of them, um, I was talking to about um, somebody he's thinking of dating and one of the questions, and like he's also considering his vocations and, and discerning. Um, and one of the questions I asked him is, is like, is this, is this young lady that you're dating? Is she someone who's going to challenge you? Um, and then he, he kind of, I don't know if you fully understood the question, but I was like, challenge you in ways that's going to require you to grow in holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, that's kind of, this is the kind of thing I was thinking about. I didn't, I couldn't articulate it in this mm-hmm. way, but more of like, is if, is this, if this person is, is someone you're going to pursue, like, is it for what reasons you're pursuing? And is someone that's going to, this right. person's definitely going to make you better. Right. And like, they're challenging you and you want to, to grow in those. Do you want to rise up to the challenge? Uh-huh. Like you want to step. So it's not just the challenge is set before you, but also you're like, Oh, I want to meet that challenge. Like yeah. I, I desire, um, I desire that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what else do they have to say? That's what you need is you you need to be you need to be set against each other in something like an iterating dynamic of cooperation and competition. Both of those, the competition in some sense drives you forward, and the cooperation makes the entire enterprise sustaining and productive. Now that's conceptualized, by the way, and this is extraordinarily interesting and very much worth knowing. It's conceptualized in the, this is one manner of of mythological conceptualization, the Christian sacralization of marriage is predicated on the idea that the union, the proper union of a man and woman offers the opportunity for the emergence of something like the spirit of the logos. And so that's the word made flesh. And so what that means is that A dynamic can be set up between the participants in the relationship, and that dynamic is something like 
the truthful exchange of redemptive information aimed at maximizing the quality of the relationship, right? So that would mean that if you're a wife, you're subordinate to the aim of maximizing the relationship abetted by the willingness to exchange truthful information. And so then there's an emergent spirit that characterizes the interaction of the two people in the marriage, and that, mar and that is symbolically represented by the logos, right? And that's the sacralization of marriage. Then he might say, sorry. So when he says logos, I'm assuming he's talking about Christ mm -hmm. without talking about Christ. Like, um, cause in, in John one, one, when they talk about, uh, the word was with God and the word was God, like he, that the word is logos. Um, and like, that's how we understand the world and mm -hmm. everything's come through Christ. So I'm assuming he's saying that, that when the relationship is set up like that, it's, it's, it should be elevated to the point of like, this is what Christ, like you have a, he's not trying to, he's trying to not spiritualize it too much. Mm -hmm. Like you can tell him, like you can see he's pushing against it, even calling it like mythologically from a Christian perspective. Um, but when a relationship is, there's that push and pull and both are trying to make each other better. Like at some point we can't do it ourselves and it requires grace mm -hmm. to do that. And when that grace is freely flowing, it, he's trying to get that, that it's not us that is doing it, mm -hmm. but like that by doing it well, like we're allowing a third party to come in and then start doing the healing, doing, yeah. the, doing the challenging, doing Infusing the Infusing grace into, I liked what he called it, the competition and cooperation. Like yep. the grace becomes infused in that so that it is, it is perfected. Right. Like that, that you called it push and pull, but like that, that challenging and that willing acceptance, that willing participation is, is perfected. The more that you practice it and the more that you both come to the table to, yep. to play the game, like they, that gets maximized is what he like the word he was using. It's yeah. like that maximization of, of the sacrament of life of, of your relationship. Yeah, what, what, I would, what I would challenge him though on this in, I guess not necessarily him, but just people who, cause like, I think what he's missing and he's right, but I feel like a, a marriage doesn't elevate to, to, that Christian ideal to allow the logos to just freely reign if it's not Christian, like if it's not Catholic and it, and it knows that it's leaning into that. Like mm -hmm. you can't just like God doesn't just casually enter your marriage mm -hmm. and start working in your marriage because you are sort of open, but not really. And you're not really sure what you're looking for. Like the, the couple needs to invite him, invite him, but also realize that like you're doing this at service of him and mm. also recognizing that like you are limited within yourself. Like as much as you and I can compete and have the push and pull, like we're still limited because we still don't know what the other needs. I don't really know what I need. You don't really know what you need and vice versa. And like there needs to be a, a, a deeper love besides just the two of us. that's mm. going to be transformative and redemptive mm -hmm. um, because we don't even know the areas of our lives that still need to be redeemed. Yeah. So he like he didn't use that word though. Right. He did. Yeah. So like, so like that's why I'm like, he's right. But I think, I think what what's missing is the the and it's not missing because he, he's just he's just not calling it out. He, he he's saying it in a way that I think anyone in the audience could feel like Keep I can nodding take, right, and with, I can take yeah. this into my marriage. Um, but I would say that if you are not actively bringing your relationship to God and having Jesus be part of your relationship, then then you're limited in how deep this could go. Yeah, right. So at, at some point, submission doesn't make sense to you anymore because there isn't someone you're submit that you're both submitting to together. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That you're not both practicing submission already. Right. Yeah.
say, well, what does the logos mean in some deep sense, which is a very good question. And so, so one of the, for better or for worse, right? That's, that's the ethos of marriage. And so what does that mean? Well, it means that you and your wife or your husband will face the ultimate catastrophes of life together. And that if you do that properly, you'll face them together voluntarily. And if you do that in the right spirit, then you'll face the ultimate catastrophes of life voluntarily, aimed at the good, with your eyes open, well interacting in a truthful manner. And that will, if you do that, that will be the best antidote to the catastrophe of life that you can possibly manage. And so that's a way better vision than, and what did you call it when the question was that, for, that, that the woman be? Uh, submission. Submission, yeah, submission to, the, to, the, to her husband. Now, each of you should be joint, each of you should jointly submit to the spirit that makes your relationship redemptive and dynamic. And that's a much better way of thinking about it. So there's an element of submission in some sense that's involved, but it's not unidirectional and it's never been conceptualized that way in classic thought, not, not, by, not by people who thought deeply about such things. And Well, I'd want to challenge him again on this because um, I was looking at the Andy Stanley thing. So apparently there's two schools of thought in terms of what Ephesians 5 means in Christian circles. There's the, <clears throat> there's the complementarian thought, which is what we would fall into as Catholics is that we believe that the husband's wife, husband and wives, husband and wife complement one another mm-hmm. in their different roles. And then there's the, the egal, egalitarian thought, which is that they're both equal in all roles. Um, and there's some Christian like denominations that believe that, that like there's no submitting to the husband, but it's husbands submitted to wives and wives submit to husbands, but both back and forth. And then the, the complementarian role is, or complementarian thought is wives submit to husbands um, as, as to the Lord. And then the husbands have to love their wives as Christ, Christ loved the church. And, um, but what, I, so that's, so like he's saying that not, not, it's never been interpreted that way. That's not true. But at the same time, I would argue, and from what other episodes we've done, is that that the Catholic complementarian view is closely related to what he's saying about we're both submitted to. He said it to a to a different spirit, or mm-hmm. a, a, but like we're both submitted to God, mm-hmm. right? We're both submitted to the Lord, and then our roles come from that. Like mm-hmm. there's a hierarchy of roles that are, are sorry, not hierarchy, but a, a correct order of how we should be functioning within our relationship that comes from our mutual submission to God which goes to our mutual submission to one another. Um, and then what does that mutual submission look like? I think it looks like what he's describing as a, a well-functioning relationship mm-hmm. that's submitted to the to, to God himself. And also when in speaking of that complementarity, going back to Genesis of the creation of man and woman and like what roles, what complementarity did God infuse in us, create in us then? And that is what, you know, fallen world we live in and, and, you know, all the TOB theology of the body pieces that go into like, here we are today, that was then. But I do, I do think that we should 
like use that for ourselves though to to one remember that we are made differently but also like really importantly like we both were were very necessary for this like perfection of relationship to exist yeah and that's why it's important it's i just think it's so important because i know that submission again is what was the word that she used I'm doing the same thing he did. What's the word he used? She said repulsive. <laughs> repulsive. Like yeah. I get that it's repulsive. I get that it sounds repulsive. Um, to the point that he's even saying that like, ah, maybe it's not that big of a deal. Um, and then we shouldn't be doing it. But I think that if it's properly understood, I think everything he said is a correct foundation for it to be properly understood. He's just not saying the final part of like submission is a good thing. Yeah. It was funny. I was thinking, cause I knew we were at least talking about this topic. I thought we were listening to Andy Stanley, but, um, but I was thinking about, cause we had jujitsu practice today for the kids and how like submission is one of the goals in jujitsu <laughs> to submit the other, but not in a nice way, but it is a little bit like this. Like you go into a role, like trying to make each other better. And like one person yep. finishes when you're in for a good role, not like for a fight. Um, but I was also tangent on tangent, but I was also thinking about does some of our repulsion come from even the um just how much like pornography has has been a part of of our like development of sexuality and relationship and like thought because of like dominance and submission and that like like do you think that that is part of it too that like I, I worry that you yeah. people worry about like being abused and yeah. misused in like in the very intimate sexual act. Absolutely. I think they, I think they feel, I feel like there's a big fear of being used and abused and thrown to the side in all different aspects, not just that. Mm -hmm. Cause he, I, I know St. John Paul, I think it's in his letter to women. He talks about, or maybe not, I don't know what letter it is, but he talks about um, how we need to acknowledge all the evil that men have done towards women, all the violence mm -hmm. have done towards women. Because like, if we don't acknowledge that and we, we act like people get so hung up when people say that masculinity is toxic and they're like, no, masculinity is not toxic, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, but there are men who use whatever masculinity they have for evil. Mm -hmm. So like when you, when you say things like, oh, masculinity is never toxic. Like, no, there's, there's, there's situations where it could be, yeah. where it could be misused, where it could be used as a weapon. And, and I, and so far because of the pendulum swings so, so quickly now in our society, because mm -hmm. with, so like you get, People who just don't acknowledge that. And I think it's important, like you said, acknowledging like we're we're afraid of the word submission because of these things. Mm -hmm. And these are the like we're afraid of the word masculinity because of these things. So we need to openly embrace not embrace, openly talk about those things first. So mm -hmm. we can say, like, this is not what we're saying. We're not saying submission is this. Mm -hmm. So we're not saying submission is slavery. We're not saying submission is something where like a person has to mindlessly be part of the relationship and do whatever they're told and never be the one that's that's challenging or helping grow or anything like that. Yeah. Right, like we're, that's not what submission means. Yeah, and I don't think it ever meant that. I think it's I been think misused, misused he, yeah, to mean that. Yeah, yeah, and that's why it could be repulsive. And I think we're rightly repulsed by that idea, but we shouldn't be repulsed by by submission if we don't fully understand it. Yeah, you submit, eh, in a marriage, but what? But to what? Well, both of you, if you have any sense, submit to the absolute necessity of maintaining a positive relationship over the longest possible term in the most diverse possible situations, right? Because you're going to experience great joy together and also great catastrophe. And so, and 
and you're in it for the long run in principle. And so both of you have to submit yourself to the necessity of acting toward one another in a manner that makes that long-term iterated play most productive. And there's a submission in that. That's the submission of maturity. That's the adoption of voluntary responsibility. That's putting away childish things. It's not doing today what you know will damage you or your partner tomorrow. It's and it's so funny because he's in that he's talking very closely to what St. Paul says in Ephesians 5 before he goes to mutual submission. Like he's mm-hmm. talking about um, like avoiding drunkenness, avoiding, avoiding lust, avoiding all these different vices mm-hmm. that are, that are bad for us and bad for the Christian life. So yeah, when you, when you say those things, like you need to submit in these ways yeah. and then like, okay, and similarly, you have to submit to one another as the Lord, like then it, we're already submitting. Right. And, and notice just, how all of that came first, right? Right. Like that those directives came first. So if we are some, if we're voluntarily, willingly cooperating and submitting to this way of life, then when we enter into relationship as these two individuals who are living this way, enter into a relationship with one another, we both submit to one another as to the Lord. And then wives submit to your husbands and husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. It's just like, like you were saying it, it's just rightly orders how we are to live and treat one another and act in relationship. And no part of that is, is grounds for hurting or abusing your spouse. Yeah. Dominating. And like, it doesn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't fit. Cause like if you are, if you are doing that, then you're foregoing the entire earlier chapters of Ephesians. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why every Pope has said that like anytime a, a spouse is using it for abuse, like then that's not, the wife doesn't have to listen to that. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. That's it. That's it. Thank you, Jordan Peterson. Yeah. I'll, I'll, lim- I'll link to this video too. And I will, we will do our best to pull on Instagram to see if people <laughs> like these types of episodes or if they prefer us to just talk with like text. All right. That's my job. I'm the social media lady. <laughs> social <laughs> right. media lady. Social media lady. After your good night's sleep tonight, you're not going to forget anything. That's right. All right. Good night, folks. We'll see you at the next episode. See you at the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>